This is Sean Mandoli, and you're listening to the Hopeland Church Podcast. I hope you encounter God and walk in new levels of freedom as a result of listening to this message. Enjoy. What's up, everybody? Here we go. This is part three of You and Me, and we are going to jump in uh, to the Word of God today. I hope everybody out there is getting something out of this series um, about marriage, about covenant, and about um, the blessings and the principles and all that God does in and through marriage. So um, I'm excited about today and, and, and teaching you some things out of the Word of God. So if you want to turn your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 18, verse 22, I am going to pray. Father, I thank you for your Word today. I pray that we receive revelation, that you breathe life into us through your Word, Lord, that you change us through your word, that you transform us, and that you do a mighty work in our soul as a result of getting into the word today. I pray for every marriage. Uh, Lord, I pray your blessing on every marriage. I pray in the name of Jesus that, that the marriages and the people, Father, that are a part of our gatherings, uh, Lord, online, I pray that their marriages are blessed as a result of uh, the word. I pray that their, the marriages uh, grow and develop and they get better as individuals. And in so doing, their marriage gets better. In Jesus' name, amen. Here we go. Proverbs 18, verse 22. He who finds a wife finds a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord. I'm going to read it one more time. Proverbs 18, verse 22. He who finds a wife, finds a good thing, all right? If you're a wife, look at your husband and say, you got yourself a good thing and obtains favor from the Lord, okay? Um, I myself, we've been married, Crystal Gill and I, we're approaching 12 years this May, and um, I'm telling you right now, I found myself a good thing. Those of you that know her and know me and know us, y'all know I got myself a good thing. All right, and I have obtained favor. I, I had favor on my life before her, but I got more favor now. All right, so um, this is awesome. This is God's blessing on marriage. Notice it doesn't say he who finds a girl, he who finds a woman. No, he who finds a wife. So wife differentiates from a woman and it differentiates from um, a girl, okay? Um, nothing wrong with those things, but wife is who the woman is in marriage, right? It's, it's different. Wife is different. Wife is marriage. Husband is different than a man, than a boy. He's a husband. So the, the uh, role, the, the identification changes in covenant, okay? In the covenant of marriage. Covenant is an agreement to bless. The covenant is I give my life for you. And, and, the, and the other person in that agreement says, I give my life for you. And so um, that's, that's what this is saying. He who finds a wife, he who finds a wife, he who, when a man uh, gets in covenant with a woman, he has found a wife, okay? Now the blessing, the good thing, and the favor is from the Lord, but it only comes to those who... Uh, make that a covenant 
When she becomes a wife, that's the good thing. When she becomes a wife, that's the favor. So here it is. My first point is this, is covenant is a means to bless, okay? So, so favor comes and the good thing is the wife, not just a girl, not just a woman, not a side chick, not some girl, not some fling, not some, some one night stand, not just sex. We're saying wife, okay? Wife is all encompassing. That is what a woman is when she's in covenant with a man. She is a wife. So look, this is what I'm talking about, covenant, man. Covenant is a blessing. It is the relational agreement that God blesses those people in it. Covenant is a means to bless, okay? That's what it is. It is an agreement to bless and to be a blessing, okay? So, so a covenant is that. That's what happens in marriage. It is a covenant, all right? And so I just want to share a couple of things here that we as a church community at Hopeland Church, I really believe we're in a season as a community of purification and growth, okay? And I don't necessarily mean organizational growth. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about the people that say, man, Hopeland is my church. Pastor Sean and Crystal Gale are my pastors. I really believe this is a season for you to grow spiritually. I believe this is a season for that God desires to, to, to purify us. And he's doing this from now until we go be with him. But I really, I really believe this in my heart. It's a time to grow. It's a season to grow. It's a season to develop. It's a season to get purified. It is time in this season. And I'm saying this to people that call Hope Plan their church home, that, that you are receiving and being taught the word from here. You're a part of this community in one way or another. I'm here to tell you right now, it is time to surrender all to Jesus. All right, talking about covenant and I'm getting somewhere. Okay, because we're not, and look at, in surrender, we're not just surrendering to the will of God as far as what you're called to do, okay? Because some people, when they say surrender to God, it's like this task, or it's some sort of vocation, some sort of responsibility. It is that, that is part of it, but I'm talking about not only surrendering to the doing of his will, but the surrendering to the being of his person. What do I mean by that? is we're surrendering to, to the doing and, and the calling of what we're called to do, but we're also surrendering to who he is and his character, his nature, his characteristics, right? That, that we are surrendering our behavior, right? To his behavior. We are surrendering his, our desires to his desires, all right? And so it's a season of growth and it's gonna happen um, when we surrender. It's going to happen. Um, we are in covenant with God. Uh, Jesus, um, when he died on the cross, he, he made a covenant. He was, it was a covenant between him and the Father. And we have been engrafted in that vine because of our faith in Christ. We are in covenant with God, okay? And so this is how God's going to bless you. Now, I'm talking about your relationship with Jesus now. This is how he's going to bless you. When, when you get in covenant with him, when you put your faith in him, you are in Christ. The blessing is in him. The blessing is in the relationship with the Father through Christ, okay? And so, and so growth um, in this covenant, you're gonna grow. That's how you're gonna grow. We grow because of our covenant with God. And, and we're gonna get into this and you're gonna grow spiritually uh, through and in your, your covenant with your spouse, okay? And so 
Um, sometimes we liken that gr spiritual growth is a season we're in and it is very important to God. And it is very important for you that you are growing in your faith. You're growing in your knowledge of the word of God. You're growing and developing in, in, in your walk with God that, that your behavior, your, your words, your actions, your manner is changing and you are becoming more like Jesus, okay? And so sometimes we liken harvest, right? To like an altar call, like man, the harvest, right? And they come to the altar and people confess Christ as their Lord and Savior. And we, we say that a lot. I'm not saying it's not not that, but it's not just that. If you really wanna break this down, when somebody confesses their faith in Christ, really in actuality, when you're speaking with respect to their spiritual growth, that is not harvest per se, that is seed. The seed has been planted. The Bible says that we are born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which lives and abides forever, right? And that's in the book of Peter. So um, uh, so when we get born again, it's, this, it's seed time, like the seed has been planted, right? But harvest comes after, okay? And, and I'm talking about growth here. And harvest is when you bear fruit. Okay, that's harvest, when you actually bear fruit. So, and, and fruit is the result of planting, of time, of watering, of pruning, of tending to, of nurturing, of guarding, of pruning again, of watering, right? And then harvest. So harvest is the result of planting a seed. So when you're born again, man, that's seed time. Praise the Lord. That is worth celebrating. People that have received Christ, received uh, the revelation of Christ, that seed of the word has been planted, but it's gonna take some time. It's gonna take some, some effort. It's gonna take some tending to that soil of the heart for the seed to bear fruit. And when it bears fruit, that is harvest. Okay, and so um, why is spiritual growth so important? Okay, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna read these real quick from my notes just so you can get them right here. Why is it so important? Number one, it's in the very heart of God, okay? Anywhere you look in the word, in the scripture, in the narrative of God calling people, he always brought them on a journey and they, they grew. His heart was for them to grow. Growth is the clearest representation of the kingdom of God, because it's likened to a seed. And seed has purpose and potential in it. And that's what the kingdom is, okay? And so look at you will also, why is spiritual growth so important? You will answer for your spiritual growth in eternity, okay? You, you look at the parable of the talents. It's our life is, a, is, a, is an example, a representation, an exercise in stewardship. We are stewarding the seed that God planted in us. And we are accountable for our spiritual growth. So covenant is a means to bless, all right? Second point is this. Covenant causes spiritual growth. God's intention is growth. Jesus did not die for you just to save you and leave you there. He died for the seed to be planted in you so you can grow, so that, so that seed, the word, Christ in you, 
can bear fruit. All right, that's God's intention. Seed, seed, it's a seed. He wants it to grow. And that covenant we are in with God through Christ is where we're gonna grow. And, and so one of God's methods, and I would say this is top, this is, this is one of the main methods that God will cause you to grow spiritually. And it's gonna be in relationships. Okay, we're talking about marriage, but you can apply this to any relationship. If you wanna grow spiritually, you wanna grow in your walk with God, there's, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of things. Um, simple things, simple things, but they're part of your spiritual growth, okay? I'm gonna give you a few, right? You already know this, prayer, right? Um, you, that's your relationship with God, prayer, worship, just engaging in your relationship with God and reading the word, listening to the word, those kind of things, right? It's between you and God, beautiful, awesome, do it, you're gonna grow. But I tell you what, if you only do those things and you do not have relationships with other people, you won't grow, you won't grow. You might grow to a certain level, you get some Bible knowledge, but I'm telling you right now, God's method, his way is relationship. It's always been that way. It will always be that way. Everybody in the Bible that had a call from God, God connected them to other people. When the apostle Paul had an encounter from God, all right, in uh, Acts chapter nine, I believe, um, he had an encounter from God. There's two things that marked his life from the onset. Encounter from God, knocked him off his horse. He's blind for three days. What did God do? Immediately said, right? He sent Ananias to him to lay hands on him. And, and so that he could be healed from his blindness. Again, he connected him to Barnabas. Barnabas was his spokesman, was, was, was his counterpart to get him so that he would be received by the church in Jerusalem because they were afraid of him. Ananias was afraid of him. People were afraid of him. He brought terror to the to local church community in that day, right? They were afraid. They didn't, they didn't believe him. They, they were afraid of him and they didn't believe him. But God touched him. He had an encounter from God but he began to walk in freedom and began to do great things for God. And it was the connection and relationship with other people, okay? God's method of spiritual growth is gonna be in relationships. That's just how it works. That is because God, your spiritual growth isn't entirely based on biblical knowledge. That is part of it. Your spiritual growth isn't just based on entirely and exclusively and only your prayer life. Those are there without question. I think we all know that. But I'm here to tell you right now, where people miss it is relationships. Why? There's just something we are that God does in relationships. We are a part of the body of Christ, okay? That's God's method of growth, that community, relationships, and marriage is a place that God has designed it because it's covenant and because it's relationship. It is an environment that for you and your spouse to grow spiritually, okay? God will use the marriage covenant to help develop you spiritually. I'm sure some married folks out there could say amen to this, all right? Covenant causes spiritual growth. I'm gonna say it again. Covenant causes spiritual growth. Okay, it's, it's, the, it's the trigger of spiritual growth. It's where it begins. It's the foundation. When you get in covenant with somebody, that's where growth happens. In the multitude of counsel, there's safety, right? Um, you know, bad company corrupts good morals, you know? Uh, and so you need some good company, all right? 
you need some good company. Let's go to Ephesians chapter four, okay? I'm gonna read a lot of this chapter right now. And I just wanna read through it because it's talking about the, 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 the main thing. We're gonna look at this in Ephesians 4.11. We're gonna read a lot of this chapter here. Just go through it and you're gonna see what God is saying to the, to the church in Ephesus about growing spiritually and how God's heart and intention through people and relationships and the gifts and the others around you and in local church community is where you will grow spiritually. Here we go, Ephesians 4.11, okay? Um, we're gonna read a lot here, okay? And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. Why? For the equipping of the saints. Somebody say grow. Say it again, say grow. For the, why did he give these gifts? The, the, why did he gift people in these positions, in these giftings in the local church, spiritual leadership? Why? Why? So people could come to church? No. So people could say they are part of some church? No. Why? So they could equip the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying. Everybody say grow. Edifying means to build, okay? Edifying of the what? Body community of Christ, okay? Verse 13, till we all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man or a mature man. Somebody say grow. Song about growth here. Song about you growing, okay? Uh, to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Verse 14, that we should no longer be children. Somebody say, look at somebody and say, grow up. So we should no longer be children. Somebody say, grow up. So we can no longer be children. Look at somebody and say, grow up, tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. Okay, verse 15, but here we go. Speaking the truth in love may grow up. All right, look at somebody and say, grow up. Find somebody else, say, grow up. If you're by yourself, say, grow up. That you may grow up. Okay, that you may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body. Look at growth happens in the body. Okay, if, 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 if a part of my body got disconnected from this body, that, that part is gonna die, okay? But when we are connected to the body, which in and of itself is connected to the head, which is Christ, you are gonna grow. From whom the whole body joined and knit together, I'm in verse 16, by what every joint supplies. So there's a supply from the body for you. There's somebody in the body, somewhere, a gift, um, a, a gifted person in some area, some capacity, a friend that supplies, okay? From the whole, whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effect of working by which every part does its share causes what? Growth. Look at somebody say grow up. It causes growth, all right, of the body for the edifying of itself in love. All right, verse 17, here we go. This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. It's talking about growing up. I hope you get this. I wanna read through this. I want you just to listen. If you have to close your eye, just to listen to the reading of this word, um, do it if, if it helps you focus. But look it, 
You should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. He's, he's challenging this church to grow. Verse 18, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart, who be in past feeling or callous, have given themselves over to lewdness, to work all uncleanness and greediness. Verse 20, but you have not so learned Christ. People that are growing are learning, all right? Learning, okay? If you wanna grow, you need to be learning. But you have not so learned Christ, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught. If you wanna grow, you gotta be taught. You gotta position yourself to to be taught. You gotta be teachable, okay? Um, Having been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus. Verse 22, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts and be renewed in the spirit of your mind that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Okay, we're talking about growing. We're talking about growing up. Verse 25, here we go. Um, Therefore, putting away lying, let each one of you speak truth with his neighbor. Look at that. Speak truth with his neighbor. You're going to grow when you have a neighbor that can speak the truth to you. You're going to grow when you have a neighbor, a friend, a brother and sister in Christ that can speak truth to you in love. For we look at our members of one another. Verse 26, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who stole steal no longer. He's talking about growing. He's talking about putting aside these old ways and growing. Talking about harvest, tending to the seed of the word that's been planted in you. Let him who stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor, working with his hands what is good, that he may have something to give him who has need. Here it is. Let no corrupt word proceed out of your mouth, but what is good for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearers. All right. Uh, this is God's heart in the, in the, in the, in the relationship of, of people in Christ is where growth is going to happen. And in marriage, covenant marriage is God's heart and intention. It is an environment and a covenant relationship that God's whole heart and intention is for you to grow in your walk with him as a result of who you're married to. So check it out. In marriage, covenant is a means to bless and covenant causes spiritual growth. It's God's way. It's God's way of spiritual growth. It's God's method, it's relationship. When he wanted those 12 disciples to grow, he, Jesus walked up on them, said, follow me. He did life with them for three years, okay? And uh, that through their relationship with them, God's intention and heart was for them to grow and to prepare them to receive the Holy Spirit and to uh, begin uh, preaching the gospel and changing the world as we know it. But it started with Jesus having relationship with them, okay? That is God's intention for marriage, okay? Covenant is powerful, okay? I mean, we could teach on covenant for the next however many years, literally, 
uh, because of where, how much it is in the word of God and how much this is a part of God's heart. I mean, we call our, our Bible the old covenant and the new covenant. It's God's agreement with his people and, um, and our response to that, right? So it's, it's covenant, it's covenant. Um, and so you got the Abrahamic, Abrahamic covenant, the Mosaic covenant. I mean, and these are all agreements. God's relationship with people and a person and humanity. God is a God of covenant. Um, he's a God of covenant. And so this is why, okay, this is one of the reasons why is covenant is an expression or a lesson in value, okay? It's, it's about value. It's about value. You give your life to and for another person value, okay? When I said to Crystal Gale, will you marry me? Why did I do that? Value. I put a ring on her finger. Somebody say value, right? Marriage says you are worth all of me. You are worth. Jesus was sent to die for us. He's saying you are worth my life. You are worth it. And I will seal this in blood. I will give my life so you can live. It's covenant, okay? Covenant is about value. Marriage is about value. It's about a value. You, you value them to the degree that you say, I will marry you. I don't just want something from you. I just don't want sex from you. I just don't want your money. I just don't, no, my life is yours. And I receive all that this covenant has. Covenant is about two things. And I think we said this before, but I'll say it again. Covenant is benefits and responsibilities, okay? And it's value, okay? It is value. And you got you to gotta look at it this way too. It also, covenant increases your value. It increases your value. Why? How do I know that? Because I had favor before I met Crystal Gale. I had favor before she became my wife. But I got some more favor when I married her. My value went up. Come on, somebody. My value goes up through covenant. It is an expression of value and my value goes up and her value goes up. All right, you know, um, but here it is. But because of the value, there is a cost. That's, that's an expression of value because I say there's a whole lot of women out here in this world, but you are the one for me, value. And the cost is, right? There's a lot of costs in marriage, right? In a sense, it, it, there's a price to pay. But we say, I, I love this person. I've committed this person. I will be faithful to this person. They are worth it, right? And so um, it, it defines the one person over everybody else. Marriage says, man, there's a lot. Of, but you, for me, I would say, and have, you know, I, my life says it. Crystal Gale is, is the one for me, all right? And so because of the value, we're we're willing to pay the cost for it, okay? And because 
check it out. Because of the, the nature of covenant, the vulnerability and accountability that it brings to it, um, your sin will come to the surface, okay, in a covenant relationship. Um, and that's part of the, that's part of what covenant does is it brings things to the surface, okay? Relationship does that. It's supposed to do that, okay? And here it is. This is the thing. Uh, because of the vulnerability and accountability and the close proximity, all right, that rhymed, um, it, it brings to us this covenant relationship of marriage. Your sin will come to the surface. Your weaknesses will come to the surface. Your habits will come to the surface, um, okay? But never to shame you, always to deliver you. That's what covenant does. That's what covenant does, okay? So, um, and a lot of people don't commit to the covenant. Am I right? I don't say this to look down on anyone that's had to do that, struggle with that or has been through that, but um, because when it gets uncomfortable, um, maybe they don't understand. Maybe 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 the, 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 the struggle of what they're dealing with is too uncomfortable for them, right? Um, and, and what happens is, is that they'll leave and they forfeit the blessing that's in the covenant, okay? And I think and too many times, we, we, we dip out of covenant relationships to, uh, before we get the breakthrough, before we get that breakthrough. And because it, because of the nature of covenant, you're, you're going to be humbled through it. It's going to be humbling at times. This isn't always what it is, but this is kind of where I wanted to head here with the message is it's going to bring stuff to the surface. And we have to be keepers of covenant. Um, because, and look, I'm going to say it this way, not just because it's the right thing to do, but because it is how you're going to grow. When you stay in the covenant God has made for you, when you work through it, it is a lesson in, in value and in your own personal spiritual growth. Okay. Um, let's go to Psalm 78. Verse 9 to 11, okay? Uh, Psalm 78, verses 9 to 11. It's talking about the children of Israel and, and the fathers before this generation. And this is what it says, it says of them. It says, The children of Ephraim, being armed and carrying bows, turned back in the day of battle. Verse 10, They did not keep the covenant of God. They did not keep their side of the agreement. They refused to walk in his law and forgot his works and his wonders that he had shown them, okay? So here's the children of Israel. They're walking with God. They're in covenant with God and they get in a hard time. It says they turn back in the day of battle. I'm here to tell you right now in marriage, there's gonna be battles. There's gonna be ups and downs and windy roads and desert times and wilderness times and whatever, however you want to, whatever kind of description you want to give it, there's going to be battles. There's going to be battles. Covenant comes with battles. Covenant comes with struggle. Covenant comes with humbling times and moments. There are, of course, the beautiful times, the mountaintop times, the victories, the encouragement, the love. And yeah, I'm, praise God for that. But I'm here to encourage you that in covenant, 
because it's God's means for you to grow, God, God uses battles to grow us. When we go through things, this is, this is God's method is in covenant. And in covenant, there is battles. But just because there's a battle, know that, that that is not the reason to, to dip out of the covenant. Stay in the covenant, right? It says they did not keep the covenant of God. We have to be, come on now, covenant keepers. Covenant keepers. There's always fruit and growth and movement forward in covenant. There's blessing. There is provision. There is open doors and opportunities. And I'm telling you, it's in covenant. They did not keep it. Hold fast to it. Commit to it and fight for it. I'm here to tell you right now, you got to fight for that covenant. It, it is God's way. It is God's method. It's how you're going to grow. It's, it's the environment. It's the right person at the right place at the right time so you can grow and develop as an individual in your relationship with God and in your relationship with other people. It all starts the foundation of, of your spiritual growth and every other part of your life is gonna come out of that marriage relationship. Hallelujah. Alrighty, here we go. This is my last point, okay? My last point is this is faithfulness brings greater freedom. All right, I'm gonna say it again. Faithfulness brings greater freedom. Once again, faithfulness brings greater freedom, okay? Now, obviously, some people might be watching and uh, part of this gathering and thinking, man, what about them, them uh, covenants people are in that start out right or whatever, and it's just extremely unhealthy and the other person's getting violently beat and there's adultery like in it. And you know what I'm saying? Uh, obviously, um, uh, the, the heart of this message is uh, speaking to those where there's goodwill from both parties. OK, um, and I get it. There's always uh, this could this kind of conversation about covenant, about staying in it, staying faithful. I mean, uh, the, the point of this is that this is God's intention. You follow me? This is God's intention for covenant. Every, every situation is different. That's why the Bible says, like, if there is adultery, that is rightful cause from a theological perspective and from God's perspective to divorce, okay? There's a justifiable reason, okay? So, of course, I'm not taking away from those variables and those situations, um, but if I'm talking to you and there is goodwill and you're in a covenant through that, even through that, the battles of marriage are going to be there. It's going to be tough at times. You're going to have to humble yourself and deal with your own issues through it. Covenant, like I said before, brings these things to the surface, never to shame you, always to grow you, never to shame you, but to deliver you, never to um, condemn you, but always for you to walk in uh, freedom. Okay. So once again, the last point here, faithfulness brings greater freedom. Um, there's something in God and in the principle of faithfulness that in God 
in obedience to God, according to his holy word, faithfulness always brings blessing. You know, when we get to heaven, the words that I personally want to hear are what the scripture says as what God would say to me. And my hopes and prayers is, well done, good and faithful. All right? If there's anything I want my children to know about me is that I was faithful to their mother. I was faithful to my family. Through the tough times, the hard times, I was faithful. I stayed in it. I didn't dip out when it got hard. And when, when, when stuff comes to the service, one of the questions we asked this past weekend and answered was like, what, what do you do when your humanity comes to the service in marriage? Because it does happen. Your humanity, your weakness, your habits, your things that aren't right. Um, and, and how do you navigate that? That, that? that is what happens in marriage, in covenant. Um, it's gonna come up. So how do we deal with that? That's what I wanna try to give you some tools, okay? And, and, and being faithful in these times is, is where the blessing is. There's always a blessing on the other side of faithfulness. And there's always a blessing in continuing in the will of God within your marriage, okay? So let's go back. We're gonna close with this verse. With these verses, Ephesians chapter four, verse 30. Let's go back to Ephesians. I, I almost read pretty much the whole chapter, but I stopped at verse 29 because I really wanted to dive into these last three verses of the chapter of Ephesians four. I wanted to dive into these a little deeper and, and co- just talk about how covenant, because it in there, just to preface, it's talking about local church community, relationship, being in the body, speaking the truth in love, that we might grow, that the intention for spiritual authority and leadership in the local church is so that, that the saints can be equipped, um, be prepared for every good work so we can grow into a mature man, a complete man. Like So the intention, local church community, the relationship, the, the context of the local church is an environment that God intended in the scriptures for people to grow in their faith. That is that is what it is. So, and we, we can apply that to relationship and marriage, okay? That that's, that's the intention of it. And so let's look at verse 30 here, okay? And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God. It's talking about dealing with things in us that aren't right. Now, like I said before, when you get saved, the seed is planted, but you still got issues. When you get saved, the seed is planted, but you still got some mindsets you got to deal with. It's a process, okay? It's a process. Sanctification is a process. Becoming more like Jesus is a process. Walking through uh, this journey with God is a process. So it's saying, and it's talking about, you know, laying aside the old man and, and all the old stuff and doing away with that. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. So there's eternity in sight, for you as a Christ follower with Jesus. Praise the Lord that we are justified by grace through faith and eternity's in sight. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. Hallelujah. He's the seal. We got him. The Holy Spirit. We're going to go to heaven one day. He's the, he's like, he's like, you know, the Bible talks about how he's like the down payment of, of what, of what is to come. Okay. So praise God. You're a Christ follower. Your faith is in Jesus. You are sealed by the Holy Spirit for the day of redemption. 
you're going. So in the process, verse 31, in the process of being sealed for eternity by the Holy Spirit because of his grace and your faith in Christ, it says this in verse 31, here we go. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Verse 32, instead be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. So, so with eternity in sight, being filled with the Holy Spirit, having the word of God, being in, in, in community, being a follower of Christ, hearing from God and, and walking in the spirit. It's saying in that process, get rid of this stuff. Allow, God is saying, allow me to deal with these things in your life. And so we're gonna go through these. It says, get rid of these. So we gotta get rid of them. Um, you know, uh, get them off of us, out of us, away from us, all that. So bitterness, this is what bitterness is. Okay, I'm gonna give you the Greek definition of these things. That, that through marriage and through relationship, God will deal with um, harsh poison. That's what bitterness is. That's what the Bible speaks uh, by definition. The Greek definition of bitterness is harsh poison. It's embittered and it's a resentful spirit. I'm telling you right now, if there's any bitterness, any, any resentful spirit in covenant marriage, that will come to the service. And God is saying by his grace and his power, you can get rid of it. It will come to the surface, not to condemn you, but to deliver you. Okay, bitterness. All right. Uh, say this with me. Say, I surrender all bitterness. Say it again. Say, I surrender all bitterness. Here's the next one. Rage. Rage is personal venting of anger. Um, and by definition, I looked this up. This isn't my words. This flaw is completely absent of the Lord. Okay. And what is it? It is basically taking anger and it's, and it's, and it's venting it. It's, it's the anger that's in you is coming through your mouth in your actions. It's personal venting of anger. It's undealt with anger that is manifesting through words and actions. It's rage. It's not of God. It will come to the surface and the Bible says, get rid of it. All right. Everybody say this with me. Say, I surrender all rage. Here's the next one. Anger. Okay. It's more specific. It's speaking of settled anger. It's speaking of anger that has taken root inside of you and it proceeds from an internal disposition which steadfastly opposes your spouse, that there's because of an issue, because of something that hasn't been dealt with, that this anger is settled. Like I am done. I, you know, I'm gonna resent, I'm gonna push back, I'm gonna oppose this person because I have not dealt with my anger. Everybody say this with me, say I surrender all anger. Next one, harsh words. Um, this is really, uh, these harsh words, uh, uh, on the extreme of it, by definition, it's literally a demonic manifestation, okay? And so I'm gonna read the definition here. Uh, harsh words is loud crying, clamor, screaming, shrieking. That is extremely boisterous. And it's like a wounded person and emitting unearthly, non-human types of sounds. Okay, it's pretty intense. But harsh words, it, it, it's possible to be saved and to not have dealt with these things that are in us. But say this with me, say, I surrender all harsh words. Okay, next one, slander. Um, it says put away slander, get rid of slander, which basically slander is this, is we're, is we're switching what, what is wrong with what is right, meaning something is wrong, and because of that issue in us, we're saying it's right. 
Okay, uh, we're saying that's right and no, it is wrong. Um, we're, we're calling wrong right and right wrong. Okay, it's slander. Okay, it calls what God disapproves as something that is right and it's calling what God approves as something that is wrong. It's exchanging the truth of God for a lie. Okay, somebody say this with me. Say, I surrender all slander. Um, one more, malice. Okay, a malice or, or some versions say evil behavior. Um, and the underlying principle of evil, inherent evil, which is present, um, even if not outwardly expressed, it's really speaking of a motive for evil. Um, and look at in these, the, these, these ills here, these sins, bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, malice. He's talking to the church and saying, get rid of this. He's talking to Christ followers and he's saying you guys you got to get rid of this in the body the, the the covenant with God's people and and I'm saying that even in your marriage is 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 get rid of these things surrender them let go of them and us as married couples let's show each other grace when things that aren't right come to the surface let's not condemn let's not attack Let's cover one another, pray for one another. And that's where it closes here and says, be tenderhearted. So when this stuff comes to the surface and others, let's be tenderhearted. Let's forgive one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. I hope you enjoyed the message. My prayer is that you will change your world as a result of what you listen to today. If you're ever in the LA area, join us for one of our weekend gatherings and remember to follow us on social media. Peace.